Hey, Michaela. Yes, Warwick. I've got a different question today. Oh, yes. What do you call a man with no arms and no legs hiding in the grass? Oh, a dad joke. Oh, I don't know. Russell. <laughs> Welcome to the Tradies Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. And welcome to another episode of the Tradies Business Show. Believe me, I hope this gets better than the opener. <laughs> Should we put a ban on dad jokes for you for the year? Uh, that would severely limit my content <laughs> if I wasn't allowed to use dad jokes. I heard a shocker today, but I can't remember it. I'm one of those people that can never remember jokes. Well, neither can I. I know one joke. So I was really impressed when I thought of that one. Wow. And that's only because I've got a client called Russell and it made me think of that. <laughs> Oh, dear, oh, dear. Anyway, g'day, listeners. Great to have you with us again for another episode. Uh, we're going to talk about rebooting clients today. So it's something that, you know, in our businesses, Michaela, I, I had a conversation with someone the other day and they were talking about all these big strategies and ideas and how they're going. Like, they're thinking about how they're going to make mega bucks in their business, how they're going to get another 20 grand a month in revenue or whatever it is. It was big, chunky stuff. And then in the next breath, talked about some things that weren't getting done in their business that were seemingly small things, uh, not big amounts of money. But when we st- sort of added it all up, they amounted to probably a grand a week, just a few little things, and the effort to implement those changes in the business, much, much less than going after the big strategies of new products and new marketing and all those sorts of things. So I find there's often a lot of little things being overlooked in businesses that helps vacuum up all the dollar coins and the $2 coins laying around people's businesses. And today I want to talk about another one of those, Michaela which is rebooting past clients. Right, getting them back in back. the back. Yeah, get them to come back, fancy that. Yes. Because one of the things I've found over the years is when I go into a business as, as a wingman uh, and we have a look at most businesses have been in operation for a few years at least. They've had a whole bunch of clients. They've done work for usually hundreds of people, if not thousands, And the percentage of businesses that are still talking to all of those previous clients is single digits. Like, nobody goes back and talks to them again. Do the job, send the invoice, get paid, see you later. And that's literally how it gets left. Now, sometimes there's a database of those clients. And in actual fact, a lot of businesses these days use a bit of technology. So if they're using an electronic bookkeeping system, often they've got customer details in there, but they don't do anything with it. So they're sitting on this gold mine of past clients that unless you're a funeral director, possibly there's going to be some repeat business out of them. There's another dad joke for you. <laughs> but, you know, think of a business, plumber, electrician. Uh, well, builders probably, you know, it's one of those ones where there's not a, a high frequency of repeat custom, but I don't know, someone might want an extra cupboard put in or there may be opportunities there. Um, Oh, it's referrals as well. Yep, referrals. Um, You know, if you've 
done a good job for them. They may be getting asking who done it all the time, so some kind of hit back with that customer can just refresh them and all that kind of stuff. And what's good about these reboot or client reactivation strategies, oh, mm. that's a bit official, Reactivation, isn't it? that's a fancy word. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Is that they're often low cost, easy mm. to implement, and can have a really great return. Yep, absolutely. So, so, should we come up with some suggestions? I think so. For our listeners? Yeah. Okay. Are you going to do that or am I? <laughs> we should probably tell them how to reboot their clients, shouldn't we? Yes. Well, the first step is you need to have them in some sort of a database. Yep. Now, that could be as rudimentary as a bunch of printed invoices filed away somewhere or job cards. Uh, I'm usually met with groans and slumped shoulders when I suggest that tradies go back through their handwritten job cards and get all of those names, addresses, and maybe email addresses if you've got them into some sort of electronic database. But that would be your first step because that's going to make it a lot easier for you to reactivate these past clients. And if you're not doing that, that I think should be your number one priority this year is somehow making sure that you have got a customer database, you're using it, and it's updating. Yeah. So from now on, if you're still doing handwritten job cards and invoices and stuff, do yourself a favour, stop doing that, and get some sort of electronic system. Honestly... Uh, an electronic bookkeeping package like Zero, uh, well, Zero, Myop, QuickBooks, probably the main ones. Um, Invoice Sasu, to go. Yep, there's there are so many out there, and they cost bugger all compared to the amount of time that you are chewing up by doing stuff by hand uh, and buying paper and you know carbon copy books and all that sort of stuff. You do away with all of that, but the power is obviously having all of that data at your fingertips. So get all those names into a database of some sort. Uh, And then one of the strategies is just start sending people emails. Everyone loves getting emailed, don't they, Michaela? Yeah. And (laughs) I hear all the time, you know, email is dead. You know, people get so many emails, blah, blah, blah. But it is still the most effective way to get in front of your customers um, cheaply and effectively. So, yeah, only 20% may open up your emails if it's more great, Mm -hmm. but that's still 20% of people that are are looking at your information, which is often better than a a newspaper ad and things anyway. So, And it's easy to do, it's regular, and if you're giving them valuable content, whether it's, you know, about a special that you're going to have coming up or, you know, free quotes or sessions or whatever you're going to do, um, as well as providing some information about trends or the latest products or new techniques or whatever. You know, it's a really effective way to communicate. And the thing a lot of people overlook with the whole anti-email marketing standpoint is that op- those open rates, even even some of the low open rates that people get of 10 15% on emails, which is very low. Most people get a lot better than that because they're already customers. They already are familiar with your business. We're not talking about spamming people or buying email lists or anything dubious like that. But those open rates are much, much higher than you would see with your click-through rates for Google campaigns or even Facebook campaigns, which are really great strategies to be running these days. Email still kills them all for open rates. So more people as a percentage will look at your emails. Uh, So don't get hung up on the fact that, oh, not everybody's going to open it. That doesn't actually matter. It's still very high compared to other options out there for electronic marketing. And it costs you bugger all to send a bunch of emails. So if they don't open it, so freaking what? 
It doesn't matter. It didn't cost you a hell of a lot of money to do that. That's it. And it's also, I mean, we're talking probably bulk emails and things like that. But if you notice, you know, in your local paper, one of your old clients has done something or whatever you hear around town, you know, just sending them an email to say congrats on whatever's happened or I see you've opened a new business, just saying hi and touching base. Mm. And and actually, Michaela and I were having a conversation before we uh, jumped in the studio to record today about one of my wingman clients, and I'll share this uh, openly, is I've been pestering this guy for the last six or eight weeks. Uh, he's still paying me his monthly retainer. I can't get him to talk to me. now. Where do we get clients like that? <laughs> now, that's great that's what, for me. That should be an episode. <laughs> but um, I, I just literally got off the phone to this guy, and uh, I've been sending him a lot of emails. I've sent him a couple of little quick videos on the email to say, G'day, mate. Uh, hoping you're working through these action items. If you're stuck on this one, here's a few tips. Um, I don't know if he's been reading them or not, but I've just spoken to him on the phone. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm working through all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. He still feels like he's getting value. He's engaged with me. I'm here freaking out because I haven't heard from him for nearly two months. Freaking out every time he goes, oh, you've got a call. You've got oh, <laughs> You freak out. And um, he's happy. So yeah. you you got to think about the fact that if someone gets that message from you, they may not respond, but it's still a touch point and they still feel connected to your business because they're hearing from you, they're seeing your stuff. It's, you know, if it's free content or whatever, and we'll run through some, some ideas for what to put in those emails next. But uh, yeah, please don't want to hear any more crap about email, doesn't work. Okay. Yeah, and no like, what, you know, how many times do you probably see a house that you did sell, for example, you know, because mm. you did a good paint job? What, yep. What's her heard in sending them a quick email saying, hey, great to see you sold, hope you got what you want, um, you know, yep. good luck for the future. Whatever it is, just little touch points. You don't have to sell them or anything, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or and, but you can then do targeted campaigns and things like that as well. But Absolutely. Just, you can get yeah. fancy with it. But you can. Yeah. The, the first step, get your database, um, get over the whole email thing. It works. Uh, and some ideas for what you could put in that email. Michaela's talked about a couple. Uh, I've just alluded to, you know, sending some content or whatever. But as a tradie, there's a few things you could do. Isn't that right, Michaela? Yeah, there is. So we've <laughs> mentioned about some um, uh, content, of course. So, you know, talking about trends and maybe new stuff that you've got, new products, new ways of doing it, all sorts of trend things and things like that. New Year specials, mm-hmm. you know, or taking specials around certain um times of the years like Mother's Day or Valentine's Day, Easter, mm-hmm. you know, have a bit of fun and, and target some of your, your specials and things to those old clients as well. Yep, yep. And and as Michaela said, have a bit of fun with it. Uh, don't be so... I, I see a lot of people try and be too professional or fancy or, you know, wordy. They try and be really formal with the emails and the content that they send, just be you. Say what you would say to somebody. If you've got a wicked sense of humour uh, or, you know, you're a bit sarcastic or witty or whatever, and I find most most of our listeners, are, you know, they have that good Aussie uh, wit about them, yep. that sarcastic wit, use that. 
in your emails. Use it in your headlines because people love a good laugh. They like to have a chuckle. And if you can, if you have that ability, and I find a lot of people do these days, to write kind of, you know, a bit of a bit of a cheeky headline, mm. do it. Make that the subject line in your email and then just talk the way you would talk. Yeah. Uh, G'day, was I here? I mean, that's, that's how I open most of my emails. Yep. Uh, how, how's your year kicked off? Like, don't try and use fancy language just because you're writing an email. Yeah. Um, because people will be more likely to read it if it sounds personal. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, some of those specials, you know, we wish you'd come back. Uh, yeah. Just, it, I'm, I'm amazed at how many people respond to those email campaigns that I've done with clients over the years. Of just sending it out to past clients saying, hey, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have you back. You were such a good customer. Uh, did we do something wrong? You yep. know, we haven't heard from you for a while regarding your plumbing or your lawn mowing or whatever the heck it is. Yep. And here's, you know, here's a 20 buck uh, voucher for the next time you book our services. Or, you know, it's stinking hot this summer. We're doing a great deal on split system air cons. People respond to that stuff. Yep. You could do something like, now this is bad because I've just, it's just come into my head and maybe you'll have to edit this out afterwards. But, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. Uh-huh. You know, There's and, no way I'm editing this out. <laughs> yeah, and maybe you could say something like, um, you know, if you're staying home on Valentine's Day washing your hair, you know, do it in your bathroom or something. <laughs> or if you've got to cook for yourself. No. Yeah, I'm totally leaving this in. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be, you know, well, falling well, out of love with your... Oh, now you're on a winner, Michaela. Okay, yeah. So just falling out of time. love with your bathtub. Yeah, we're going to leave that one alone because that could get a little bit inappropriate. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, don't be afraid to relate it to events. Um, big companies still do it. Marketing agencies still do it. And they do it because it still works. Just because you think it's boring doesn't mean other people won't respond to it. Yep. And keeping that theme, I think, is also you can apply this to actual old school snail mail mail outs. Yeah. Totally. You know, same type of theme or things and instead of doing email, you know, take a different approach and mail them some stuff. Yep. And make that a bit quirky and fun. Yep. Um, I love using postcards as a, a snail mail old school marketing technique. And like Makata was saying, it's the new year. You could do it around Valentine's Day, wish you were here kind of oh. stuff, you know. You <laughs> thinking could, of you. Thinking of you. Uh you know, there's there's all sorts of things you could do with postcards, and you can get custom designed and printed postcards for next to nothing these days. Uh, stick a stamp on them, although postage is now a dollar, which is just insane. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, for the cost of the postcard and a stamp, for a couple of bucks per uh, mail out, you don't need to get many to actually pay for that strategy. And no. uh, I'd be surprised if you didn't reboot some past clients, depending on your business, of course, uh, with that strategy. The other thing is always, you know, people love to win a competition. So have a look at some giveaway or competition that you're having that they can uh, enter back into. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, you can remarket to them as well. Yep. And, uh, that's always fun. And uh, one of the objections that I hear to the whole competition thing is, oh, what am I going to give away? You know, then I'm giving away my product or my time. Most of our listeners would have suppliers that provide you with products, with parts or, you know, fittings or whatever, go hit up your reps. Um, Put the hard word on them to give you some stuff. And I often use the example of a tackle shop that I worked with years ago. He had a monthly competition. Every month he had a competition and he never paid 
for the giveaway item because he, he managed to have a bit of a rotating roster of reps that he would be putting the hard word on each month and he'd get a fishing reel or a rod or some sunnies or some clothing. I mean, you think about how much stuff is in a tackle shop and he used it to collect new names, people coming in, and also to keep his customers excited about coming in and buying stuff because you had to spend 20 bucks to get an entry in the thing. So they'd yep. come back and buy bait. They'd come back and buy all their, you know, hooks and sinkers and all that sort of rubbish. And um, that was that was his staple strategy. And there's also things like um, money can't buy things that we think that, you know, oh, no one would be interested in that. A good example of this is on the weekend I went to the Lifeline Book Fest, which is a massive million millions of books secondhand sale, and I love it. But they had a competition running. If you spend over fifty dollars, which I did, um, you get to go in the draw <laughs> for I know um, a uninterrupted experience. So you could go in there before anybody else. Oh you no know, way! Have two hours with no one else and in spend there. even more money. Yeah, so <laughs> you know it could be something like a free design something, or I don't know, yeah, but yeah, yeah. a money can't buy that you may have access to. So it wouldn't actually cost you anything, but, you know, getting two hours at the, the book mm-hmm. fest with no one else before it opens their doors, like, that's a money can't buy yeah. prize, but it costs them nothing. Actually, it will make them more money. Yeah, yeah. You know, so have a, just think outside the box a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure, like you said, suppliers and, and yep. stuff that you've maybe never used and things customers didn't want after you'd bought them or something, anything like that. People will enter yeah. People will love that kind of stuff. Yep. The opportunity to win some free stuff. Um, you're not asking them to, you know, name their firstborn after you. Yeah. But uh, all they've got to do is, is choose you over somebody else next time they need something done. So really, this is just a reminder that, hey, we're still here. We're still in business. Remember how we did that plumbing for you a year ago or we fixed your car seven months ago? Well, we'd love to have you back. So it's just getting back in front of their face because we're all so busy and distracted and wired up with social media and everything that we've got lots of other businesses putting their stuff in front of us all the time. It's easy to forget about who we dealt with to get our aircon fixed 12 months ago. And that's right. And also, if you were lazy and perhaps collecting email addresses from the last few years, you know, customers, if you're sending that out, you're gaining new updated information on them as well. Yep. So that's the other thing to remember. The other thing that you can do is also, you know, a bit larger marketing incentives, perhaps, um, mm-hmm. and introduce them, you know, for our top whatever clients or yep. come back and start spending, you know, you can take them to a corporate box or mm. something like an event or yep. something like that um, where you can, you know, get the commitment first before you outlay yeah. the money for these big things, you know. Yep. Get your top 20 clients and once you've got them that have spent over a certain amount, then you buy, yep. you know, a corporate box or whatever it is. Exactly. So you reboot those people, get them spending the money with you again, and then you go and lash out on the thing that you've promised them. That's right. Or get, you know, your existing customers to spend more, you yeah. know, trying yeah, exactly. the same thing but just rebooting their spending spending habits with you. That's right. Uh, so loyalty bonuses and stuff as well work for past clients. So, again, these are just all basically excuses to go back to previous clients and say, hey, we've, we've just introduced this fantastic loyalty program for current and past customers if you use us for your you know electrical maintenance work or your car servicing or whatever the heck it is then uh you know you get all these added benefits so 
I know mechanics do this one a lot. Um, they're often backed by their suppliers, but uh, you know, if you get your car serviced with them, you get six months free roadside assist. Um, all sorts of things like that that don't necessarily have to cost you as the trade business a ton of money, if any. But those sorts of loyalty programs or member discounts, like hey, become a, you know, become a member of of our frequent buyers club, whatever the heck you want to call it for your business, um, we'll give you these added benefits if you use us for these services. Yeah, and we had a previous episode with a customer called H2O Plumbing, um, which was an Mm. award-winning local plumber. He actually had a membership uh, community where they got priority service and other things. So that's a whole new way of looking at it too, is like memberships. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another good thing is also looking at perhaps a customer event or expo or open house or something yeah. that can draw people in, maybe not necessarily to buy, but again, giving them some value through an exhibit or things like that. Yep. It's just re-establishing the connection. Yep. And uh, uh, we we hear countless stories about how people have reconnected via social media with someone that they went to school with or uni or trade school or they used to go fishing with when they lived up north or whatever the hell it is. But, you know, there's these mediums available to reconnect with people. We're just doing the same with our customers. And uh, so running those events, um, doing these offers, it's just a way to reconnect with people who obviously chose you before for a reason. And presumably they were happy with your product or service. Mm. Uh, And it's just reminding them that you're still here and actually inviting them to come back. And often people will. The other thing is, you know, if you know they've gone to another supplier, well, you don't know if they're happy. You don't know if mm. that supplier can't keep up with that amount of work anymore. Yep. Maybe that supplier is not available. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to not write them off, even if they've said, you know, oh, no, we're using someone else now or whatever. That's right. You know, just go back. You never know. Um, the other thing, we did an episode with um, Libby and... Oh, yeah. Wayne and Libby Marsh from, from Beaumont Tiles. Yeah, yeah, and it was talking about how to develop a good supplier relationship. Yeah. So perhaps trying to increase your supplier referrals by doing some kind of supplier appreciation event, you know, whether it's having a few beers or taking them out for something, but actually getting back in to having a good relationship with your suppliers. And I know they they really were about, you know, it's all about communication. If we have people that do what they say on time and let us know what's going on, that's all they need for a really good referral and, of course, doing a good job. So have a look at the suppliers that you can perhaps help to build a better relationship with this year and just, you know, spend more time touching base with them, spend more time having some chats when you go in and really trying to build those relationships. I was just trying to find the episode I know, I was number. just trying to... <laughs> so Ricardo's patting that out while I'm yes. madly looking through our past 100 or so episodes. Um, but we did uh, we did interview Wayne and Libby as a real tradie story in episode 36, which was kind of their story about um, them getting into being a supplier and I just can't find the one where we talked about suppliers but um, it's in our back catalogue around episode 45 to 50 or something Um, but go back and have a listen to that because they run through some tips around uh, basically what makes a good relationship between why would a supplier actually refer business to you so it's kind of working in in reverse to what we've just been talking about that's it so that's about as many as I can think of. What about you? Yeah. No, they're, they're the I main that's ones. A lot to um, it all really hinges on building that database up. So uh, if there's one thing, and that's kind of a bit of theme for us this year, Michaela, but if there's one thing I would say about rebooting your past customers is if you've got that database, start leveraging it. And if you don't, 
get the damn database. You've got to get those names, addresses, and email addresses into a database because that is gold, and you can really start to leverage that to make sure you keep people engaged with your business. Anyway, hopefully that's uh, something you can put in place and go away in action this week. I would love to hear your feedback about that. If you've got any stories or more ideas for us, if you've got suggestions, uh, go hit us on the Facebook page, Tradies Business Show, or via the website, tradiesbusinessshow.com. That's it. And if we're also after some more marketing ideas, we've also got on our new website uh, a little checklist of 99 marketing ideas for tradies. So we don't think you can do all of them, but they may just help you refresh some of these uh, reboot strategies as well. So it's at tradiesbusinessshow.com. Cool. And until next time. Bye. You've been listening to The Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.